This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Last week we started a series called Willpower. We started a series uh, based on this uh, Psalm 91, verses 3 and 4. You'll see it behind me today. And here's the theme verse for this series. Read it with me if you can. It says, he will rescue you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's going to rescue you. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. The reason why we call this series Willpower is we believe our core belief is that God is good. We also believe God's will or God's plan for us is good. And there is power in the will of God. If you understand this, and I said last week that we believe that his goodness is tied to his guidance. When you let God lead you, God provides. And people get a bad rap, and sometimes you meet somebody, but you've heard stories about them, or maybe you've got people that you know that don't like them, or maybe they're friends with people that you're not really fond of, and we judge people or we get opinions on people we've never met. You ever done that? You're like, I haven't met them, but I know I wouldn't like them. Like, I can just tell. They're a Montreal fan. I just know I'm not going to like them. I just, come on. <clears throat> Leaf fans, you got nothing to talk about this morning. All right. Uh, you ever meet somebody and you're thinking, I already have an opinion on you before I met you. I believe this is the state of our church. Our churches, even in Halifax, people uh, that don't go to church, sometimes they think, well, you know, I don't want to go to church because I don't think God is good. And they have an opinion on God without ever having an encounter with him. Our core belief as the churches of Halifax and as Nova is that God is good. His plan is God is not mad. If he wanted to condemn the world, he would have sent a condemner. But he wanted to save the world, so he sent a savior. God is good. His plan is good. And when we connect with him, we can live our best life possible. That's why we're preaching willpower. There's power in the will of God. Today we want to talk on this topic for the next few minutes. Uh, if you're writing notes some down somewhere, you'll see it behind me. Rescue. Come with the will of God, the power that he will rescue us rescue us. Let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you for today. God, I thank you for every guest that had the courage and made the effort to come today. God, we just celebrate that. And I, Father, I thank you for every face, every race that found this place today. Father, we just thank you for this moment. God, I pray from the back to the front that we would not connect so much with a band or a speaker. But Father, we connect with you today. Our goal is clear that we leave here more aware of your goodness, more aware of your will and your power and more passionate about it. Father, help me preach well. Help us listen well. Father, thank you for the kids' ministry right now that's just loving on our kids, loving on uh, our, 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 the, the babies and the children. Father, bless them, bless this team in Jesus' name, and help the Leafs. And everybody said? Amen. Acts chapter 16, if you have your Bible today, I'm just gonna, we're going to pick this apart a little bit today, talking about God's will, and his will is to rescue you. There's a story in Acts chapter 16, and I talked about it this week at our midweek service at Heart and Soul, and I believe God wants to uh, pull something out of this, even encourage us as a church today, as a whole church. But in Acts chapter 16, the book of Acts, if you, if you know your Bible, if you're new to the faith, there's all these books in the Bible, and they're named after either people that wrote them or what they represent, but the book of Acts really is named because it's a book of action. 
It's a book of great um, moments and exploits, and the church was started, and, and, and all of a sudden, all these great stories and exploits and adventures and missions. So it's called the book of Acts. I need to let you know today, the book of Acts isn't finished. That's why it doesn't close with the word amen, because it's still happening. Today, we saw some action moving from one location to another. It took some action to put up some pipe and drape and make this happen in an hour. It takes some action that God wants to use you to reach your neighbor, reach your city. There are some actions that God wants to do with his people. God is in the business of partnering with people. That's why we have the book of Acts. God partners with everyday people, people with shame and pain and a past, but they met God that is good and God wanted to use them. We got murderers and we got thieves and we got people who have done some things, but God partnered with them and we saw their life turn from a tragedy, come on, into a mission and God wanted to use them to do great acts. In here, we have two men named Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were apostles or disciples. They were leaders of the church, and they had been preaching good news. I'm so thankful for our country and thankful for the school that we can preach the Bible without being persecuted, without being shut down. And These guys were preaching about Jesus, and the local officials threw them in jail. We pick it up here in verse 22 of Acts chapter 16. It says a mob quickly formed because they were preaching and doing acts for God against Paul and Silas. And the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. Now, I can't prove this, but this sounds like a Monday to me. <laughs> like, seriously, this, this wasn't a Friday night party. This was a Monday. That sounds like Monday morning right there. They were beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten. They were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. He put them in solitary confinement. He put them not just in prison. He put them in the deepest part of the prison where they couldn't be reached by light or by air or by people. Verse 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. I just got to stop there. You need to know, people are watching our lives, aren't they? Instagram, Facebook, your neighbors. Neighbors see, where are they going on a Sunday morning? Well, who gets up on a Sunday morning? Where are they going? Some of your neighbors driving by here and see you pulling in. They see these flags, Nova Church, the secret's out. We've exposed you. You're at church today. But people are watching us all the time. People were listening and watching these disciples. Isn't it interesting in your darkest moments, people still watch. The other point I want to make here today is sometimes bad things happen to good people. These apostles did nothing wrong. They weren't making bad choices. They weren't living a life contrary to God. Sometimes doing the right thing will put you into a bad place. Sometimes people think, I don't know what's happened to them. Why did that happen to their family? Why did that happen to their finances? Why did that happen to their health? Man, they must be doing something wrong. Sometimes doing the right thing will put you in the wrong place. God is good, but life is not easy. Sometimes we're in the wrong place because we make stupid decisions. We make bad choices. But sometimes it's because you do the right thing. And that's why the Bible says, listen, this is not our home. We are passing through. This life is not easy. It is rewarding, but it is not easy. But this life is just a chapter of a bigger story. And the bigger story is God is not dead and he's not done. And if you're going through something today, God wants you to know he is with you. You don't deserve to be in a bad place. You don't earn the bad place. You didn't get yourself in a bad place. But God sees you in that bad place. Paul and Silas are in a bad place for doing the right thing. Someone needs to hear that today. Some of you are thinking, what did I do? What did I do to deserve this? No, sometimes doing the right thing. Get people riled up, and you'll find yourself in a bad place. But God is a God of rescue. Keeps going. Says this. Says other prisoners were listening. Verse 26. Suddenly. Oh, I like the suddenlies. Suddenly, it happened to me right in front of my eyes. I cannot hide it. There was a massive earthquake. Any 90s fans? All right. <laughs> and the prison was shaken to its foundations. It says all the doors. Say all with me. All. 
all the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. I want to tell you today, unpack this for a few moments today, because I believe God rescues us. Stephen Furtick, a preacher in the States, says it this way. He says, God is not your refuge from trouble. He is your refuge in trouble. Sometimes people think if you serve God, there's just like this, this, it's just like this cocoon against trouble. And then when trouble comes in, they go, I'm done with God. God isn't your refuge. He doesn't rescue you from, um, from trouble. He rescues when you're in trouble. He doesn't keep it from you. There's not a cocoon. I want to let you know, if you're looking for an easy faith, this is not the one. One of the great uh, theologians of our time said it this way. He said, if you're looking for an easy religion, I suggest you find another one. Our Savior died. His disciples died. This is not easy, but it is worth it. Anything worth doing is difficult. Parenting is difficult. Doing a budget is difficult. Yeah, you got you with that one, didn't I? (laughs) Working hard is difficult. Today I want to unpack this a little bit because I believe God rescues us. I believe God is encouraging us. To go to another level. Interesting in this story, we're talking about the wills of God. God's will is to rescue you. One way he does that is through worship. Now that's a church word. If you don't go to church, you haven't been here a lot. That's a church word. But God actually uses worship to rescue us when we are in a bad, tough place. In this story, we see two men that were serving God, doing the right thing, but found themselves in a tough place. And when they worship, God rescued them. I believe as a church, God wants us to go to another level in our worship. Why? So we can be loud on a Sunday morning? No, that's not why. I do believe in loud church. I believe in fun church. Fun is not the enemy of God. Holiness is not boredom. Dead church helps nobody. I think we should be a fun church, a live church. We should be a loud church. We should be a friendly church. If you didn't get a smile when you came in, we apologize. Because our goal is to make you know that you belong here and we are excited you're here. I think church should have good coffee. Can someone say amen? But I want you to know today that I believe we need to go to another level as a church when we worship together. Let me tell you why. What is worship? Well, worship is your wonder. It's not three fast songs or three slow songs. It's not Christian music. One worship is actually your wonder. It's your awe. It's where that word awesome comes from. You're just overwhelmed with, wow, that is awesome. It is admiration. It's your focus of desire. Worship is anything that you go, that is incredible. I am obsessed with that. I am focused on that. I admire that. I desire that. I can't get enough of, wow, that's worship. Worship is not a church service. Worship is not music. Worship is when you are overwhelmed with something that you think is beautiful and amazing, incredible, and you are failed to find the words to describe what you're experiencing. That is worship. I want to let you know today, another point you need to know today is that you were born to worship. It's actually in our DNA. When we were made, when God made us, we have a part of our DNA, a part of our creation is to worship God. We were born to worship. The question is, what will we worship? Because we have free choice. You need to know this about this faith. What makes it so beautiful is we have free choice. You have a choice to serve God or not. You have a choice to go to church or not. You have a choice to worship God or not. You will worship. The question is, what will you worship? Some people worship money. That's where their wow is. Man, I'm just wow. There's nothing wrong with money. The Bible doesn't say money is evil. The Bible says the love or the worship of money is evil. God doesn't mind us having things. He minds it when things have us. But some people are obsessed with money. They're just, man, you see that car? You see that house? How much do you think that costs? How much do you think they make? They're searching their house online to see how much they think they make. And they're just obsessed 
with money. Money gets their focus. Money gets their wow. Money gets their wonder, and they worship money. Other people, it's not money. It's fashion. Man, you just, you just, man, new shoes, a new shirt. Man, check out that outfit. Check out the, you're just obsessed all the time with fashion. Other people, it's, it, it's stuff. Man, I just need to get the latest stuff. You got a new iPhone, another one comes out. Is it me, or are they making iPhones uh, bigger and iPads smaller? They're, they're conning us, aren't they? It's like, man, I got the new iPhone 10. It's like this big. It's amazing. Dude, I got the brand new iPad. It's only this big. It's so cool. I think they're getting us somewhere. But we are obsessed with the next thing. Our thing isn't even worn out. I just need a new one. I need a new car. I need a new house. I need a new phone. I need new this, new this. And we're obsessed or we worship stuff. Maybe it's people we worship. Maybe it's people we're attracted to. Some people are so obsessed, they worship the opposite sex and even beauty. They're just obsessed and they just can't help but looking for beauty everywhere they go. And driving down the road, they're just distracted by people that they are attracted to and they worship even the human body. Maybe it's not their attraction to their body, but sometimes we worship uh, people because of their level of influence. Maybe it's even people that we envy, go, man, I just, man, I wish I had that wife. I wish I had that husband. I wish I had those kids. I wish I had that house. I wish I'd go on vacation like they went on vacation. I wish I had a latte that looks that good. By the way, if you're looking for a great latte, apartment three in Sackville is fantastic. <laughs> but we envy people's stuff, and maybe we worship stuff, and, or maybe even it's people that we respect. I was just in the States yesterday, and, and, and I'm not picking on the States. We're guilty of it too. But sometimes even in church, we want to worship the leader or the pastor more than we want to worship God. And we have these little fan clubs and cliques. And man, it's everything they say. And we respect authority, but we don't worship them. This church is not built on a personality or a face, but his grace and his goodness. I want to let you know, some, we will worship. The question is what? I want to let you know today, we were born to worship God. God deserves our worship, our wow, our wonder, our admiration. Here's another thought today you need to know about worship. In a moment, we're going to worship some more before we have free coffee. And the coffee's free, by the way. You already paid for it. When you give and through the offerings, we supply that. That's just a gift to you. Just enjoy that. But before we worship, here's another thought is you connect to whatever you worship. Worship is a bridge to God's presence. I love our city, Halifax, for a lot of reasons. But I love the bridges in our city. But worship is a bridge to connect you to God's presence. Worship gets you from where you are to where you need to be. You need to hear that today, because some of you think worship is just music. It's like, man, they're singing three songs. Worship gets you from where you are to where you need to be. Some of yourself find yourself in a place today where you need to be rescued emotionally, physically, financially, relationally. You're in a dark place. I want to let you know God, through worship, connects to get you from where you were to where you need to be. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not a holiday. It's an attitude. I'm thankful today. And his courts with praise. Another version would say the inner area or the VIP room. Almost like this section over here. You guys get the VIP seats up here. There should be coaches and free coffee just supplied to you. This is like the VIP section. Looking down on the rest of us peasants. But you ever go somewhere and you're like, no, you can't go in there. That's VIP access. No, you can't go back there. You have to have a certain pass or credentials. Worship is a way it says to get into his presence. Worship is your VIP pass. It gets you, listen, God loves everybody. No matter who you are today, God loves you. But worship gets you into his presence. God loves everybody, but he connects to those through worship. There's another level of access, VIP status, that is unlocked when our wonder, our worship, our admiration goes to God above all else, something happens. It's called favor. It's called access. How do we worship? Let me give you some practical things this morning in relation to our church. 
even Sunday mornings or whenever we meet and we're here for the next three weeks, after today, three more, we'll, we'll change things up because that's what we are. We're a, a new church and we choose calling over comfort. But when we meet together, whether it be here or our midweek service, when we do them or whatever that looks like, let me give you something. How do you worship? You've been in church a long time. Maybe you're new. Practically, how do we worship in this setting? Number one, the Bible says lift up holy hands. 1 Timothy 2.8 says, in every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands, lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. That means without, that no emotion or experience will separate you. I'll be honest, I don't understand why the Bible says do this. Or if you're really receiving from God, like this. <laughs> or maybe like this, or maybe just like the one, I don't know. There's all the, but why does the Bible says lift up hands? I don't understand it, but I do know this. There's something that powerful happens when you just, you know, it's interesting, whenever you go to a concert or maybe a sporting event, Whenever an ama amazing moment happens, I was at a Bears game with my buddy Anthony a few years ago. I've been to some hockey games. I'm, I've been around, and so when an amazing thing happens, Leaf fans, this didn't happen last night, but when amazing <laughs> goals happen, what do you do? You're like, did you see that? Yeah. You ever have, oh, did you see that? You ever go to a concert? And the first thing people do when they're just in it, they just raise their phone and they're just like, oh, this is, it is so good to be here right now. This is amazing. This is so good to be here right now. Isn't it amazing that when you're in an amazing moment of wow, the first thing you got to do is, oh, oh. Man, it's good to be here. This is awesome. This is incredible. You're on those roller coasters. Man, it's more fun if you just raise your hands. Come on. Man, I'm just enjoying vacation right now. Man, Atlantic Playland never looks so good. Come on, somebody. Woo! The Bible says when we lift our hands, it's actually a sign of worship. It says when you lift your hands, you're saying, listen, no controversy, no emotion. Even though I'm in a bad place, I might be in a dark place, I might be in a great place. When I lift my hands, you know what it does for me practically? It focuses me. Because sometimes I can be in church, and I'm in church, but I'm not in church. Yeah. You ever know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you can be at the family dinner table, but you're not at the family dinner table. You're at the office. You're in your head doing something. You're mowing the lawn. You're on vacation. Sometimes you're in church, and I'm not in church. My body is here, but my mind's thinking about what i got to do next. I'm thinking about next week, I get the next bill, the, the next meeting I got. When I lift my hands, what it says is, no, no, I'm fully here in this moment. We have a rule at our dinner table. When we have dinner, no phones at the dinner table, no TV on. No, why? Because we want to be fully there. When I lift my hands, it all of a sudden reminds me, no, no, I'm here. God deserves my worship and my wow. He deserves my awe and my admiration because I was lost and far from God, but he re reached in and stepped in and helped me, and I wouldn't have the marriage or the kids. I wouldn't have the future that I have today. I thank God that he reached me and saved me, and I can't help but go, wow, God, you are good. That's one way we worship. Another way we worship is singing. Psalm 95, verses 1 to 5 in the message version. says, come, let's shout praises or sing to God. Raise the, roof on the, uh, raise the roof for the rock who saved us. Let's march into his presence singing praises, lifting the rafters of our hymns. And why? Because God is the best. Oh, I like that. High king over all gods. In one hand, he holds the deep caves and caverns. In the other hand, grabs the high mountains. He made oceans. He owns it. His hands sculpted earth. Listen, when we sing, we lift up God. We put him where he belongs. We worship him. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas were in a bad place. And in a bad place, they started to sing hymns to God. Me, I probably would have subtweeted somebody. I probably would have put it on Facebook to see how many comments or likes I could get. People knowing I'm going through a rough time. 
I would have texted somebody going, dude, I'm just going through a rough time. I need some pity. I need some help. And I need you to bring a nail file and put it in a cake and some explosives and break me out of this place. I need, I need a plan. I need somebody. Help me. But these two men knew that worship wasn't a song. It was a connection. They also knew the will of God was to rescue them. And they started to sing in a bad place. You know what's amazing is when they started to sing, their chains fell off. It says their door opened. But if you read your Bible, it wasn't just their chains. It wasn't just their doors. It says all chains opened. It says chains fell off of them and chains fell off of everyone. Worship is freeing to you. Please don't miss this. But worship is freeing others around you. This is why we worship. It frees us like nothing else. But also it frees others. This is our vision for this city. Picture this. These two men are sitting there. They've done nothing wrong to be in a bad place. They're locked up, and they might sit there going, wait a minute, I chose to follow God, and this is my reward? Sowing and reaping. I sowed obedience, and I'm reaping prison? Why am I in this bad place? But instead of having a pity party for two, in this inner prison, all of a sudden, something inside of them goes, no, no. God's will for my life is to rescue me. And the good time and the bad time. And they said they started to sing hymns to God. They started to worship psalms. There's a psalm they would have sung, Psalm 18, 16 to 18, it goes, oh, this song that they would have known. Let me read Psalm 18. It says, but he caught me. He reached all the way from sky to sea. He pulled me out of the ocean of hate that the, and enemy chaos, the void in which I was drowning. They hit me when I was down, but God stuck by me. He stood me up on a wide open field. I stood there saved, surprised to be loved. God made my life complete and when I placed all the pieces before him, when I got my act together, he gave me a fresh start. It would have been a song like this they started to worship. And all of a sudden it says something started to shake. Some of us need our lives to shake from complacency, from, from some of the pain we're in, some of the drama we're in. Some things need to shake in our life. To quote the poet Swift, shake, shake, shake it off. And they started to pray and they started to worship. And all of a sudden something started to happen. They got free. But my friends, I want to let you know today, if you're going through something, when we lift our hands and sing, when we take moments like this we're about to have and worship, God does something. He frees us. But I'll be honest today, this is not my passion in this text. It's the next part where it says every chain fell off and every door opened. There were men in there that didn't deserve to be freed. There were men in there that weren't there because of following God. They are there because they followed themselves. And they worship money or they worship sex or they worship stuff. And they're in a place because of thievery and abuse and violence and murder. Bad men that were in a bad place and that was the right place for them. In the middle of that, the worship from two men influenced those around them. That is the vision for this church. Do you understand? I don't worship for me. I worship for my kids. That when they're going through stuff, and it's tough in school, it's tough in life, that when they're going through something, all of a sudden in a moment like this, I can free myself. But you know what? God wants to rescue them through my worship. I believe this neighborhood, they're driving by here today. They don't know what's going on in here. They see the flags going, I don't know what's going on. All of a sudden we start to worship and something happens. It only frees your marriage and your kids and your health and your finances and your mental state. But I believe there's a power. And there are friends in my life that have gone through things and suffered and tragedies, and I can't help but wonder, maybe if I, instead of being distracted in a moment, had worshipped, not out of guilt, not out of regret, but going, God, it reminds me, my worship frees others. There's an atmosphere that worship creates. 
is our mandate for our city. Our city, people feel shame. That's why they don't come to church. They feel like they wouldn't be welcome here. And I'm going to get judged. I don't belong in there. No, no, we can free. God frees. God rescues from shame. He rescues from regret. He rescues from hopelessness. He rescues from pain. And today I want to encourage you in the next few minutes, we're going to, this is our response today. This is how we're going to close today. We're going to sing a little bit. Maybe you're new to church. You're like, I don't know, man. This is, it's cool. The lights are cool. The coffee's good. Preacher's pants are way too tight, but it's okay. But you're enjoying this. Can I tell you, it's more than that. It's a connection with God. If you don't know the words, we put them on the screen. But really, here's the heart of it. God, I believe you're good and you rescue. Some of you, you know church. You've been around God. You're in this journey for a while. Can I encourage you? Don't worship. You know, I'm just not really feeling it today. Like, I like the man bun, but I don't know what the song is. Like, the new auditorium is not really dark enough. This isn't the kind of music, this isn't Mercy Me. I can only imagine why you would like that. It, it's not the Gaithers. It's not, it's not Hillsong. It's not this. And we sometimes go, well, you know, it's just not my thing. Can we get past that? Because it's not for me. I'm singing for others today. Some of you need freedom and you can't get there today. But when we worship, we believe you'll get free when we worship. All over this place, can we stand to our feet? For the next few minutes, we're going to worship today. Our amazing worship team is going to lead us. Let God have your wonder. Let God have your admiration. Let God, let God, I get a fresh start. If you're comfortable, raise your hands. If you're not, don't. But sing and go, God, I believe you are good and your will has power and you want to rescue me. And when I put my pieces of my life before you, you put it together and give me a fresh, brand new start. Can we worship today? Father, I thank you for these moments. I pray we'd be free today, those that need freedom in my life and their life. But God, I believe our worship and we connect right now. The bridge to what we worship will free those around us, in our jobs, in our families, in our city, and even in in the seat next to us. In Jesus' name, come on, church, let's worship.